Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, including your story. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And today we're talking to Eric Motley. We've heard from Eric before about his life. Eric, you talk about how one of the most pivotal stories happened while you were at Samford University involving your pledging at a fraternity. It was a moment that displayed both the best and the worst in people. Tell us about that. I was too naive to really know what a fraternity was. I arrived, Samford was predominantly a white university, 
in as much as the majority of the students there were people not of color, maybe there was four or five percent of, of a colored population, people of color, and that's minorities, Hispanic and African Americans. And, uh, but I, I was in a wonderful Christian community and people embraced me and they seemed to be interested in me in as much as I was interested in them. And uh, for sure, maybe I was a bit eccentric and um, I was so intense on getting an education that everyone in the university knew that I was the first in the library in the morning and the last to leave the library. And, and that became a bit of a joke, but a wonderful joke, an endearing joke. And then there were a group of upperclassmen who became friends and they encouraged me to go through Rush because they thought it was a wonderful opportunity for me to meet more people and to be a part of a club that they were a part of, to experience something they felt fulfilling. And so I, I went through this experience with this fraternity, and I felt really good about the people that I had met and their encouragement. But unbeknownst to me, underneath all of this, there were parents who were greatly disturbed by the concept of this fraternity being integrated let alone at Sanford, but in the state of Alabama, because it had yet to be integrated in Alabama. And so those parents, uh, and parents have wonderful influence, as well as oftentimes uh, not so great influence on us, uh, greatly expressed their concerns to their kids and, and encouraged them to oppose me. And to make a very long story short, but interesting, on the very night that a vote was to be taken, uh, I was going to be blackballed. And there were a group of students who had organized themselves and their arguments around all the reasons that I should not be a member of this fraternity. And they were not really sound reasons. And one student found a group of them singing a song using not so great lyrics or words that are not great, or words that we're told not to use now about people of color. And that student and a group of other students did what they believed was right. There were a group of about six or seven students who had gone to the final four up in Atlanta, Georgia. And someone wrote them, called them, and said, it doesn't look like it's going to be promising for Eric. And I know that you wanted to be here for the vote and that you were going to get here at the end of the meeting, but it might require your getting here as soon as possible. And they left the final four. Could you believe that? These college seniors leaving the final four basketball competitions and driving some five to six hours back to Birmingham in order to be at a fraternity meeting at the start of it so they could address their fellow fraternity members, and they challenged them, and they said, you know, the reasons that you're given are not the reasons why, and we are aware that a good number of your parents have reached out to others to encourage them to vote against Eric, but there is no way that we can graduate after four years of being here, and after the experience of getting to know this guy, and not believing in doing what is right, and really stepping up. And to me, it's a wonderful reminder that from time to time, we're all called to challenge the moral complacency of a leisure and secular society. 
that we're all called to do what's right. In that same letter that we referenced about Martin Luther King, there's a line that disturbs me. He said, it's, it's not the people who are overtly doing wrong. It is the deafening silence of the good people that disturb me most. And in that one moment, these seven, eight young men decided that they would take off their fraternity pins and lay them on a table and to say that we feel so strongly about doing what is right that we're willing to give up our membership in this group. And in that one quiet, unheralded act, they influenced all of the members of that fraternity, save one, to vote for my membership. Now, what is beautiful and profound about that story is not just that unheralded act of heroism, but the fact that I did not learn until I had moved here to Washington, D.C. So that's from 1996 to 2001. I did not learn the narrative that took place. And it took place because one friend of mine who had had too much to drink one night phoned me and ended up telling me more than he ever planned on telling me about what actually transpired. And what I learned was that a, those same group of students organized themselves and paid my fraternity dues for those two years. They never wanted me to know the story. They never wanted me to know the names of the students who opposed me. They only wanted me to experience the community that they believed could be realized when good people do what is right and encourage other people who are good to overcome their prejudices. And that is Eric Motley and one heck of a story about so much. Madison Park is the name of the book. It's filled with stories like this, a remarkable place, a remarkable upbringing, a remarkable community. Madison Park, a place of hope. Go to Amazon.com and get it. Eric Motley's story, his fraternity story, not like the rest of the pledges, but my goodness, what lessons learned about life and about courage here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we return to Our American Stories. And up next, the story of a truly unique general, in American history, Dan Sickles. Here to tell the story is Gettysburg National Military Ranger, Matt Atkinson. Take it away. So what we're gonna talk about tonight is Dan Sickles. And old Dan Sickles, if you don't know anything about Dan Sickles, you're in for a heck of a ride. He just, he just, def he just defies description. It's truly, you know, it's the side of a straight out of a movie or something. So Uncle Dan, 
is born on October 19, 1819 in New York City. He attended New York University and studied law under none other than the future Union General Benjamin F. Butler. His early years were marked already with graft. He was accused of stealing money from another man. He embezzled money meant for a political pamphlet and he was accused of mortgage fraud. The connections made though through Butler opened a new world to Dan Sickles and that new world was politics. He quickly moved up the graft plague Tammany Hall political machine which he literally had to fight in at different points with knife and gun and so forth and he became the corporation counsel to the city at age 28 despite all those things in his background. He later rode that political machine to be a New York State Senator from 1856 to 1857 and he served in Congress from 1857 to 1861. Needless to say what little I've told you so far ought to give you an indication of what type person he is. Dan Sickles is impulsive. He is amoral. <laughs> he does not wait on the whims of society whether he should be doing something or not. And he definitely does not pay attention to laws. As a lawyer once famously told me, Matt, you cannot change the law, but you can certainly change the facts. <laughs> and Dan Sickles is going to be very good at that right there. Sickles lived a fast life. He went through the equivalent of several fortunes, and I mean fortunes by today's standards, millions of dollars in the 1800s. He blew through all that. And of course, on the other side of it, a lot of that money, he also had a passionate side for the ladies. Her name was Teresa Baglia. He had met her while she was a little girl, and he was studying law at the home of her parents. When now she had grown up, they were married by the mayor of New York, but what did Sickles do? He was married, and I think he truly loved this lady. I believe he did, but Sickles, it was just a formality to him. He's going to be on the move. He would become the American, and this is really on the move, he would become the American legation secretary to James Buchanan at the court of St. James in January of 1853. That's the year after he got married. But this is what Dan Sickles plays well, okay? This is what Dan Sickles plays well. On July 4th of 1854, Sickles' touchy sense of patriotism boiled over when native Bostonian George Peabody gave a dinner to celebrate Anglo-American relations. Sickles did not like celebrating the 4th of July with, with foreigners. And when he arrived at the party, he found 150 guests, mostly Englishmen. There were two life-size portraits there, one of Queen Victoria and the King. And at the end of the room, with only a small portrait on the opposite end of George Washington. And to top it all off, the toast to Washington would be given by an Englishman. The program for the evening had the Star Spangled Banner and Hell Columbia lyrics with all negative references to England removed. And after the speech, 
with Dan Sickles sitting there. It came time for the toast. That's the way they used to do it. 150 people rose. And then when they said they would place their right foot upon their chair, and then somebody would say, to the queen, and everybody would echo that and drink a toast. Out of 150 people, 149 stood up, except for Daniel E. Sickles. Sickles is going to basically get kicked out of England for that because it's going to cause a royal mess because he's insulted the queen. But did he do that because he really felt that strongly about the night's activities, the program, or was it a political calculation? Because when he made it back to New York, what did America think of him? Anybody that tweaked the nose of John Bull was a hero. Sickles is not finished. Sickles loved society. He loved public life. And he loved both official and unofficial business. He had made the acquaintance of a gentleman named Philip Barton Key. Philip Barton Key, who's on the left right there, was the district attorney of, of the District of Columbia and the son of Francis Scott Key. Now, with Sickles' blessing, Keyes started, now Sickles knows about this, Keyes started to escort Teresa to various social functions. And Key was described as one of the most handsomest men in Washington. And of course, with Sickles not being around, an absentee husband, it didn't take long for romance to blossom between these two, Sickles' wife and Mr. Keyes. Now, Key was known as a poor lawyer, and Sickles interceded on his behalf and saved his job as a congressman. A rumor came to Sickles about the affair, and he confronted Key with it only to have it denied to his face. And you know what Sickles did? He believed him. By this time, with Sickles being gone so much, the affair had gotten so serious that Key had obtained a rental house a few blocks from the Sickles' home in Lafayette Square, right across the street from the White House. Neighbors began to see an elegant couple enter and leave the dwelling. The two also had signals. One example is Key would walk in front of the, of the Sickles' residence swinging a handkerchief as a signal for a rendezvous. He would sometimes sit across the square with a pair of opera glasses and stare at the house's window looking for a sign from Teresa. On February 24th, 1859, everything came crashing down. Sickles received an anonymous note saying that an affair was going on. Two days later, he extracted a written confession out of Teresa with all the tawdry details. Only a southerner can pronounce the word tawdry. <laughs> Unaware of what had happened, the next day, February 27th, three days after he received the note, Key approached the Sickles home waving a handkerchief. And Sickles was upstairs and saw Key down below. Quote, that villain has just passed my house. My God, this is horrible. And Sickles sent a friend outside to delay Key while he went inside and concealed a revolver and two Derringers in his coat and went after Philip Barton. Approaching Key, he exclaimed, 
Key, you scoundrel, you have dishonored my house. You must die. And with that, Key reached inside his coat pocket. Sickles fires the pistol, and the shot grazes Key. Key then rushed forward and grabbed Dan, and the two wrestled, and Sickles dropped the gun before breaking free from the wrestling match. Sickles then produced another gun from his pocket, and Key, reaching inside his coat, retrieved some opera glasses and flung them at Sickles, exclaiming, Murder! Murder! Don't shoot! Sickles pulled the trigger, and the shot hit Key right below the groin. He fell to the pavement. And you've been listening to the story of Dan Sickles being told by Matt Atkinson, who's a ranger at the Gettysburg National Park. And when we come back, we're going to find out what happens at Dan Sickles' trial here on Our American Story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Turn to our American stories and the story of the colorful Civil War general Dan Sickles. When we last left off, Sickles had shot and killed his wife's quarter, Philip Barton Key, yes, the son of Francis Scott Key, and he was about to be placed on trial. Here again is Gettysburg National Military Ranger Matt Atkinson. Let's return to the story. Sickles will be placed in the D.C. jail. He will never stay in a cell. He will actually stay in the jailer's quarters. It will be arguably, I mean, at least for, the, for this region of the country, the most sensational trial of the century. During the midst of this, of this trial by jury, none other than President Buchanan is going to come in and shake Sickles' hand in front of the jury. What does that tell the jury? It means he supports him. Sickles will have the dream team defense lawyers and for the first time they will argue to the jury that Sickles suffered from temporary insanity and for the first time in American jurisprudence history Sickles will successfully use the defense of temporary insanity. In other words, Sickles walks (laughs) right out of there, got away with murder. Of course, society did what? They condoned what Sickles had done. That's justifiable homicide. Key should not have been doing that. They condemned Sickles when he took his wife back. That's when Sickles gets booted from Congress. Probably Dan, as I said earlier, probably did really love her. And what did he have to say about fidelity? (laughs) Sickles' political career is basically over, although he still has Tammany Hall behind him. But Sickles, once again, right place, right time. The war breaks out. Dan Sickles comes from which party? Democrat. What party does Abraham Lincoln come from? Republican. Every president of every war of any era is going to want bipartisan support. Because of that, Sickles is going to be one of the first Democrats to come out in favor of a Republican war. And you know what else Dan does? He backs up his patriotism with his own money. 
And he raises not a regiment of troops, but a whole brigade. And Lincoln embraces both things, the support for the war and him being a Democrat. And more importantly, Dan Sickles, when he gets his brigadier general commission, he becomes a general very early in the war, and that's going to go into his rise September 3, 1861, after he raises what will become known as the New York Excelsior Brigade. Now, he was promoted, to fast forward a little bit here, he was promoted to major general to rank from November 29, 1862. Sickles was assigned to Corps Command that winter, 62. 63. What you need to know as far as us going into Gettysburg, probably one of the more famous stories from the Battle of Gettysburg is actually the wounding of Dan Sickles. Dan Sickles is going to be back uh, at the Trossel farm and he's going to be sitting astride his horse. It's got to be a one in a million shot. And you know when you're sitting in the saddle that when you lean down you're sitting in the saddle uh, you know, your knees go out. One in a million shots. Sickles is going to feel something warm. He's going to take his hand. He's going to reach down to his leg, and he is going to pull back something warm. What is that warm? Blood. A Confederate solid shot has come in and smashed, or a piece of shrapnel has come in and smashed his leg. You know, the horse was unscathed. This is what Sickles wrote. I never knew I was hit. I was riding the lines and was tremendously interested in the terrific fighting. I bet he was. Suddenly I was conscious of dampness along the lower part of my right leg and I ran my hand down the leg of my high top boots and pulling it out I was surprised to see it dripping with blood. Soon I noticed the leg would not perform its usual functions. <laughs> Interesting. I lifted it carefully over my horse's neck and slid to the ground. They found that the knee had been smashed, probably by a piece of shell, and that the leg had been broken above and also below the knee. But while all this damage had been done, I had not been unhorsed. End of quote. At first, Age wrapped a handkerchief around Sickles' leg. Then a saddle strap was brought and used as a tourniquet. And Sickles is carried off on a stretcher. And at some point, as all American generals do, when the word went around that he was dead, Sickles had himself propped up on his shoulders and that lit cigar stuck into his mouth. And that's the way he left the battlefield, smoking a cigar. Later that evening, his leg is amputated on a farm located near the present-day shopping outlets on Baltimore Pike. Sickles will have the leg preserved in a cask of alcohol and brought with him. Being a politician and knowing the power and symbolism of a lost limb, he donated the leg to the Army Medical Museum. And yes, you, my fellow American taxpayers, still own it. It is true that Sickles did visit the leg. On probably his first visit to the Army Medical Museum, the curator was leading Sickles on a tour when the general uttered, Oh, yes, yes, but let us come to my leg. <laughs> when the curator led Sickles to the exhibit, the general retorted, Where's my foot? What have you done with my foot? They should have been shown too. When the curator tried to explain that the foot was not really necessary for the exhibit, 
Sickles, quote, became very angry and anathematized the museum very freely. In October of 63, Sickles is feeling much better. And he met with his boss, Meade, at Fairfax Station, Virginia, to ask for his old command back. Meade refused. Now, after the war, Gettysburg continued to be a passionate thing in Sickles' life. He made an impassioned plea that the sacred battlefield be preserved, and he vowed in true Sickles' fashion to do something about it. In 1893, he won re-election to Congress at the age of 74 for one term, two years. While there, he pushed through with irresistible energy a bill to preserve the land that made him famous or infamous, as the case may be. Today, Sickles Avenue is actually the longest avenue within the military park. I don't know if that was intentional, but I'm sure Sickles would have agreed with it. On May 3rd, 1914, Sickles is going to pass away in New York City. He was 94 years old. One thing was certain. The Gettysburg event was the defining moment in Dan Sickles' life. And alas, Dan Sickles, the general out of seven Union Corps commanders, one of only two that does not have a monument here, Reportedly, and this is up for debate, reportedly when Dan Sickles was asked why he didn't have a statue on the battlefield, he retorted, that is because the whole damn battlefield is my monument. And great job as always to Monty for finding this story and a special thanks to Gettysburg National Park Service for allowing us to use this audio and what a storyteller. Matt Atkinson is. And by the way, that's a story you will not hear in your history class. He was a scoundrel. But in the end, look what he did. He raised the money for a brigade. Scoundrels and knaves, patriots and heroes. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. And in this case, a scoundrel does in some very strange way become a hero. The story of Dan Sickles, here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. 
I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. And we continue with our American stories and with our Do the Right Thing series about ethical dilemmas that's sponsored by the great folks at the Daniels Fund. And by the way, if you have stories about ethical dilemmas in your life, for better or for worse, making the right decision, making the wrong decision about something big and something tough and complicated, send them to ouramericanstories.com. These are some of our favorite stories because we get to learn from them, all of us together. And today, Alex Cortez brings us a story about the man who inspired this series. The biggest thing that's lacking and one of the biggest things in the real world of business today is the ethical standards and integrity of some business people. We're listening to Bill Daniels, the late Denver businessman who's best known as the father of cable TV. But in 1975, before he fully earned that title, he was the owner of the American Basketball Association's Utah Stars, which wasn't a profitable team, and he was financially struggling. Here's former Stars coach Tom Nasalki. We started uh, started the season, but I could tell, you know, there was financial problems. He wasn't the same ambulant guy that he normally was up positive and uh, 
we really we really had some problems guys not getting paid so he ended up bankrupting the team which absolutely crushed him i remember he came to a practice and said this is what i'm going to have to do i had to take bankruptcy with a basketball team that i owned in the state of utah it was the utah stars we we're the league champions times were tough and my bank shut off my credit so uh, I had to get all my players together, all my staff, and said, we got to shut her down. And I was miserable, let me tell you. I was crying, and I was on the 10th floor of the Travel Inn in Salt Lake City, Utah. And my lawyer is a guy named Bob Nagel, represented me for years with my house counsel. And I said, Bob, I'm so heartbroken, I'm going to jump out the window. He said, Bill, the luck you're having, you're going to live. <laughs> Now, the reason I tell you the story is I had temporarily stiffed citizens in Salt Lake City for $750,000 for season tickets that they'd been paid for and no more ball games, and we owed creditors, and that bothered the hell out of me. It's almost $2.4 million in today's dollars, and Bill couldn't stop thinking about it. Even though the debt had been legally wiped clean in the bankruptcy, here's his business partner John Seaman on Bill's special motivation when they created and later sold their second company of 15 cable systems. All along in the creation of the second company and with the incident of filing bankruptcy with the Utah Stars, had this pressing obligation mentally, morally, to satisfy all of his creditors. So he directed our accounting department to collect everything that was available at the time of the bankruptcy in the way of payables and keep track of them because someday he had to make that right. He often said his two objectives in life, one, he wanted to go to heaven, and B, he wanted to go without owing anybody any money or mad at him. So one of his compelling reasons to sell was to satisfy those obligations. In the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a lot of money. At the time, it was a lot of money, but now that he's got 20 or 25 million, it's not a big amount of money anymore. But almost before we even closed, Bill is preparing to go back to Salt Lake to pay off those creditors. He's got a list of every one of them, how much money he had defaulted with them on, and what the interest rate would be to bring it up to current if he wrote a check, what would he owe him, including interest? And that was, I think, one of the most joyful times in Bill's life. More joyful than having made the money from having built up the company and sold it was the satisfaction he got of honoring his liabilities and protecting and preserving his name. And boy, did I feel good about that. I really felt good. And so did those on the receiving end. And mostly not for financial reasons. Here, season ticket holder Jerry Howells. I remember getting a letter and I've tried to find it. I've tried and tried and tried to find it. I have not been able to find it. And I get this check for, it was, it had to be a couple thousand dollars. I was astounded 
Then I really found out what, what Bill Daniels was all about in terms of his tremendous integrity. It's almost synonymous with Bill. Here again is Tom Nasalki, who at this point was the coach of what would be the second professional team in the state of Utah. I'm back coaching the Utah Jazz, and he calls, he calls me from the Little America, and he said, can you come down and have lunch with me? And I said, can I bring the sheriff? I thought, I want to arrest you. I was being a little facetious, and he said, well, things are going to turn out okay. And I came down, he had some guy with him. I don't know the guy's name to this day, but he had a ledger with him. And Bill started going over the names. He said, you know this guy? And this was like guys that were owed $10, much less season ticket holders. But he had like everything. I don't know where he got all the names. But uh, he, I mean, there were guys that were owed like, I mean, very, very little money, much less a season ticket holder or whatever. And then he said, are you getting fidgety about what I might owe you? And I said, not anymore. And uh, he gave me a check, which is worth, I mean, would be nice to have today. But then with at that time, a young wife and two young kids, it was uh, astronomical. And some of those less astronomical checks that Tom mentioned might have resulted from the unusual newspaper ads that Bill placed that asked for anybody that he owed money to to reach out to him. Here's former Stars coach Liddell Anderson in 2013. And he, you know, he could have not done that, but he did it. That's just the kind of guy he was, you know. How, how, many, how many people would do that, you know? But he did it. If he made a promise to a person, he carried it out. You could take it to the bank. I love, I love Bill Daniels. And I'll never forget him, of course. But I, my days are numbered. I'm 82 years old, and so I won't be wrong much, but he should never be forgotten. And if this helps a little bit, why well, good. And all of this love for Bill unexpectedly helped all of his future business ventures. Here's former Stars general manager, Vince Barilla. My personal feelings were that, you know, he couldn't, uh, if, if God had told him to do it, or if he probably did, he couldn't have done anything better because the monies that, that he took and paid back, whatever the amount was, I always said to myself, I said, those were the cheapest dollars he's ever spent for PR in my life that I've ever seen. And, I, and he didn't do it for that purpose. He was competing in, in the cable world with, you know, multi-cable people. But if Bill met any of those people head-on in any city that they were competing for, I guarantee you Bill got it because they knew of the caliber of person that they were dealing with. And to conclude, here's the late Bill Daniels speaking to students in the 90s. Now, the moral of that story is today, some 18 years later, I meet people in all over the country that say, aren't you the guy that paid off the season ticket holders at Salt Lake City? And I say, yes, that's me. Now, what I'm saying to you is I did not think that was such a big deal at the time. I just didn't want to have to live with myself. 
that's a case of examples of ethics and integrity that come back to you that you never dreamed would come back to you. It damn sure isn't the reason I went over there. I went over there because I had to look in the mirror in the morning when I shaved. And a special thanks to Alex for the work on this piece. And a special thanks, as always, to the great folks at the Daniels Fund. And the foundation of this ethical legend is sponsoring this great series. He's right about business. What is lacking there too often is ethical standards and integrity. Strong ethics, by the way, equals strong business. That's the thing Bill learned. Our Do the Right Thing series, sponsored by the Daniels Fund, here on Our American Story. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.